0: The event is so momentous that historians may one day view it as a landmark in the decline of the British Empire. The Beatles are breaking up. Hello, and welcome to the very first special inaugural episode of All All pods Pods Must Cast. Um... A podcast about john paul george and ringo i um post the greatest band of all time post yeah their 70s 70s and onward
1: but uh, we're gonna be in the 70s for quite some long time yeah we've got quite, quite, quite a quite long a time to get through don't we because um jack insists on doing every single album all four of those guys ever released and, um, um, and that's going to take a bit because maybe we even do some live albums as well. Maybe um, this podcast is going to be explicit. I'm sorry, guys. Yeah. Um, we're just going to get. We're just going to say that. Look, look. <laughs> let's <laughs> get
0: real. Let's get real. This is going to get nasty. This is going to get. You know, frankly, I mean, you know, look, we have some songs to cover later on. I'm thinking of one John Lennon song in particular. <laughs> true. true. Uh, um, well,
1: actually, a few, a few yeah, John Lennon songs.
0: I'm thinking of his famous "Woman" song. Um, that we'll get to eventually down the road, but okay. Look, I'm I'm your co-host, Jack Dungan,
1: and I'm joined here. Uh, would you like to introduce yourself? Um, yes, I'm also a co-host, and my name is Kai Brandis. We're both co-hosts, fifty percent. Yeah, and both of us make up a hundred. We get an equal share from all the money we make.
0: Um, hey. We, we the, don't have any Alan Kleins in our life. No. You know? No, except one of our friends, Michael. Yeah, he might be <laughs> an Alan Klein type. Um, look, okay, let's talk about what this is, who we are, what, what the fuck we're doing. <laughs> oh, <laughs> um,
1: I, right? We said it was going to get nasty. We said it was going to get nasty. Case
0: in point. Uh, so, look, this is All Pods Must Cast, and we are taking every album by those four lovable lads mm-hmm. after their breakup so we're not gonna well we might get into it in the future but Who we're knows? not gonna get into this,
1: this podcast will lead but as of now as of now we're not going to talk about
0: george's what was that electric oh, yeah. electronic sound yeah yeah
1: yeah electronic sound and that wasn't it for a, mo- a movie a soundtrack,
0: oh, I think that's something, true too.
1: Something else, yeah.
0: And then John and Yoko did some yeah. stuff uh pre 1970 that we yeah. probably won't talk about yeah, right true. now,
1: yeah. Post, yeah, starting in 1970, starting in Beatles 1970
0: breakup. with Sentimental Journey by Ringo yeah. Starr. And we'll get into it in a sec. Let's talk about uh, what Kai tell us about tell all our fine listeners about you and your relationship to these four lads. Uh, well, your history. Here,
1: you know, I've been thinking about it a lot cuz um in my English class, I had to write an essay about what magic means to me, and of course, mm-hmm. I chose the Beatles. So, um I would have I'll, chosen I'll give... Houdini. <laughs> but that's just me. I'll give a brief summary. Um I the Beatles are probably my first musical memory, if not one of my first memories ever of hearing songs like Blackbird and Michelle um, on my mom's mixed CDs in the car. Um But uh, when I was six years old, I became aware of who they were and their existence, and my mom gave me her copy of Rubber Soul on CD, which is still my favorite album of all time to this day. Um, And then I just grew obsessed, and um, by the time I was eight years old, I had seen a couple live tribute bands. I had completely redecorated my room in all things Beatles um, and was making my way through their catalog, listening on my old CD player, Back before they were on um, Spotify or even um, iTunes, and you had to buy Ooh, all the CDs that's right. to download them onto your iPod or play them on your CD player. Um, anyway, now I've just spent um, almost my entire life loving them and obsessing over them, and I only love them more each day. So wow. I'm, you know what? I'm I'm very certified to, to be to talking talk about review. this. But the funny thing is, is that throughout my whole life t- loving the Beatles. And I didn't get as into their solo work as you might think one would. Mm -hmm. But I think that's a pretty common experience of a lot of Beatles fans, to be fair, Mm -hmm. is you are so captivated by the essence of the four of them together that a lot of times, like, yeah, you hear the My Sweet Lords and the Maybe I'm Amazed, and you hear the Imagine, but Mm -hmm. you don't really get into the the albums. You don't listen to the whole albums.
0: You don't get into things like love is a many splendor thing (laughs) yeah or even
1: like you don't you don't listen to all things must pass all the way through yeah i mean maybe some kids do because their parents are are goaded and just have that going for Mm -hmm. them and have it on vinyl or or have the cd and they they, but i feel like i don't know if you you grew up with kind of like the common lover of the beatles parents they're not they don't do that i agree
0: and i you know i have a similar history i i Got into the Beatles when yeah I was about six or seven, and I had my little MP3 player that had all the all the albums on it, and I would listen um, as a little kid. And I think for many people, especially music lovers, I think the Beatles are a lot of people's gateway into yeah. music. Yeah, um, music
1: in general. Not even just like loving. Right. It's a lot of people, it's musicians. Gateway. Yeah, it was mine.
0: Yeah, and and me too, and that and. Led Zeppelin and all those kind mm-hmm. of bands were, were big. I'm not, you know, as a uh, uh, sort of diehard fan as you. Although I think my appreciation has grown, especially recently. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, sorry, we just touched feet. <laughs> <laughs> we're um, both in our in our socks. We haven't yeah, have shoes on. That's true. We're are getting very intimate. <laughs> but um, but I do think um, that that will feed into our perspectives here. I think you're a a little bit more of a traditionalist than I, I think I'm here to, uh, you know, stir the pot, be a little stinker. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's one thing that I'm looking forward to with, with this is (laughs) potential (laughs) reclaiming albums, reappraisal of things that maybe critics didn't like or audiences didn't like at the time. Especially. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited to go through these and kind of see what we have to say about them and and maybe do a little bit of reappraisal. Because I'm a, I'm a big Bob Dylan fan. And um, I think a lot of his albums post-66 aren't talked about as much. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it's very interesting to look at an artist's whole career to sort of understand um, their arcs and, and what they want to say mm-hmm. and how they changed and how they evolved. So I think this will be very interesting, and I'm excited to go like like you mentioned. I'm excited to go through all these and hear the oh, ones I don't know as well. I mean, honestly, post like you get into the '90s, I don't I don't really know a lot of this stuff uh, that well at all. Like in terms of Paul, especially is what I'm oh, thinking yeah. of. I'm like two thousand. Honestly,
1: I I am not. I have had maybe like uh, one listen through on some of those. Yeah, and some albums of Paul's. He has so many. Um, in the nineties and early two thousands that I haven't even listened to some of them. It'll be fun to
0: get through what, what, what these artists who were so influential, um, in the sixties in this time when everything's changing and they're having a lot to do with changing the landscape, what they have to say in the 21st century, what they have to say as things change in the seventies and the eighties and the nineties, all these things. Um,
1: and it's funny the the whole circumstance of this episode entirely is mm-hmm. quite representative of Jack being a little stinker. Because That's true. here's <laughs> the, here's the thing for all the all <laughs> listeners out there we don't we don't know how many yet, but all We're all, all y'all listeners out there I I imagine that I imagine that you would oh imagine, imagine.
0: <laughs> you would <laughs> damn it you would want both did to come.
1: It. you would want, you would. <laughs> want to come to a solo Beatles podcast and expect, like, an All Things Must Pass or a Placidona band mm-hmm. or McCartney one or something something that's immediately captivating or that you're immediately familiar with. And But, sadly, um, the first episode of this podcast is about um, the very first uh, solo Beatles album post-breakup, which is Ringo Starr's Sentimental, Sentimental Journey. Journey. Um, and I... Me and Jack argued over this for a good, a, at least a good thirty minutes at dinner the other night, and I got quite upset. Yeah, you were you were pissed. <laughs> you, you had a you had a tough day though. I think is uh, part of that. But... Did I? I don't even remember what day it was, this... <laughs> but I I did came in. I chalked it up to that. me. I was well he convinced me.
0: And I think that's a great segue into this album, Ringo Starr, Sentimental Journey, because um, I think a lot of people fans of the beatles people yeah, they, just I in popular i haven't culture. even listened to it
1: i haven't i want to talk a little bit about before we get right into sentimental journey it's just a little bit of the circumstances of where they're coming from sentimental journey came it came out in our early 70 right like i know it's early 70 is it january or february or yeah March? i have
0: that i have that in my notes somewhere keep talking <laughs> while you while okay. i find it
1: um so yeah, it's, it's only a couple months after the Beatles' breakup, and and Rengo had been planning on making March. This March, okay, I thought so, and then McCartney was in May, I believe. April. April, okay. So, yeah, so the, the little timeline for you, though, is, is this album came out even before the final released Beatles album, which is pretty crazy. So I know it's a little confusing when we say post-breakup, you think it has to be post-Let It Be, but really the Beatles did break up in September of 1969. It was a week before... The greatest album ever released, maybe. Who knows? Abbey Road was. Um, we will we'll not be talking that. about that on, a, on <laughs> this program. Not. We will not. But that album was released um, a week after John Lennon announced to the group that he wanted a divorce from the band, um, and so the Beatles broke up that month. Um, but it was kept quiet, um, really, by Alan Klein's request of, to not affect the record sales. Um, so it wasn't announced actually that the Beatles had broken up until I think in March. It was before McCartney one had come out and, and Paul did a press release for McCartney one. And one of the questions was, um, are the, do you plan to record with the Beatles anymore? And he, or do you think the Beatles are going to be recording another album? And he said, no. Um, Paul did? Yeah. Mm. And then the headline was Paul quits the Beatles right, and the rest right. of them were pissed at him. Um, because all of them kept it quiet um but anyway yeah this album comes out in march um and b- two months before let it be and how many months one two three four five six months after Abbey road mm-hmm. um and to your point about you know thinking
0: oh you know after the beatles break up you're going to talk about all things must pass mm-hmm. plasticono band i think fans of the beatles at that time were expecting a similar thing they were probably like okay paul's gonna come out with this yes, amazing symphonic yeah. work yes. john's gonna come out with this you know experimental you know yeah. avant-garde type thing but you know i think the reason we're talking about this first is because you know people public you know audiences this was the first one they heard post True. Beatles. This yeah. was the one that that and also them probably the
1: first to usher in the question of wait what's going on with the Beatles. Right, you know, right. Because the Abbey Road and then no other news. Like Abbey Road dropped and then there's no other news of them recording, no sightings, all of a sudden they're not going to Apple together anymore and the Apple Scruffs aren't seeing them. It's it's so it's like a little mysterious thing and then Ringo drops an album. And it's it, that I feel like the the whole idea of just Ringo dropping an album Mm-hmm. Is is pretty. It's pretty mysterious. He's he's being quite the mysterious fellow by doing that.
0: And I think there's potentially, potentially. I mean, the thought that, well, okay, Ringo's gonna do this album of standards. That doesn't mean it's over. I think the nail in the coffin is definitely Paul. Yeah, yeah. But still, it is still. It's probably weird. a shock. It's yeah. You know, it's it's and it's album.
1: weird. It's just like Ringo of all people who has been thrown these bones of Beatles songs that have like, um you know minimal range like Mm -hmm. he even had a little bit of trouble hitting that high note at the end of with a little help from my friends so it's like that's the reputation he's established with the fans and the songs he's been singing for the beatles and now he's releasing an album where the whole point of the album is that he's a lead singer behind a session band
0: although to that point i think what's interesting is that we have established ringo in the beatles era as sort of the Every man. and he sings the everyman songs true. you know mm-hmm. he sings mm-hmm. act naturally he sings these sort yeah, of songs yeah which are in the Even vein Marine. yeah which are in the vein of these songs these tin pan alley great american songbook songs and this is almost a whole album of ringo songs yeah that's true. um which is interesting because this is before a time that really a lot of artists start doing this. I mean, Harry Nilsson did this. His buddy, Ringo's buddy, Harry Nilsson, did this. Mm -hmm. You have, um, you know, Bob Dylan did three albums, you know.
1: And a few years later, we'll we'll get to it, but John Lennon records an album of rock and roll covers.
0: He rock and roll covers, but, you know, and these great American songbook things, they become in vogue, Bob Dylan does three. And one thing, actually, I have a quote from (laughs) Bob Dylan here about his his version of these songs because I think on Sentimental Journey, the ones Bob Dylan does are Sentimental Journey and Stardust are the two that he covers on his oops on his um <laughs> songbook albums. But here's what he says he says these songs are some of the most heartbreaking stuff ever put on record. Modern music and songs are so institutionalized that you don't realize it. These songs are cold and clear sighted there is a direct realism in them, faith in ordinary life, just like in early rock and roll.
1: That's true. You know, I, I, I haven't thought about that.
0: Yeah, and I think that, you know, is what Bob's taking from them. And I think what Ringo sees in these songs as somebody who is part of this group that really blew that style of song up in the 60s. That's true, yeah. They destroyed, and and Bob Dylan and all these guys and... You know, all these artists, I should say, destroyed that kind of song, really, by mm-hmm. doing all this crazy stuff in the 60s. And I think there's so much tension in the band by by the point this album comes out. They're having all these fights. Uh, they break up. I think Ringo needs to literally take a sentimental journey, yeah, you know, does. into and these especially, songs.
1: Yeah, to the fans out there that have seen Get Back. If you just... He just just looks like shit. He looks so depressed. Yeah. Ringo in that. Oh, my gosh. He's just always... He's always just a sad little pup.
0: Yeah, he is. And I I mean, I don't know when his alcohol, substance abuse problems started. It could be around that time. I mean, I'm sure they were all out partying and stuff. Yeah. John also looks super strung out in that documentary.
1: Yeah. Yeah, a different way. I do think Ringo... He he does look hungover in, he does, on, yeah. in the morning when he shows up.
0: So this is, you know, I think it's important for him after creating and being a part of something like Abbey Road, which is just sort of a deconstruction of pop music, like a deconstruction and rebuilding of it. I think it's important for him. He just goes, I heard these songs when I was a kid. My parents sang them. My aunts and uncles sang them. I'm just going to fucking relax and, yeah. like, go back to basics.
1: Yeah. We don't it's need just, all this, it's so, you know, wizardry. Yeah, the, that makes total sense. It's just, I, I wonder how he felt, too, of, like, he must have been aware that this is, like, wild. Like, mm-hmm. to also have to approach George Martin um, mm-hmm. to do the orchestrations for these and say, I'm just going to sing lead vocal on all of these. I just right. want, can you just do the orchestration and we bring in the session players.
0: And I think to that point, this album is sort of also ringo cashing his check with culture and society and he's built up all this fame he's part of the most popular band ever um and i think he's going all right i'm gonna cash this check of fame a little bit i'm gonna be the yeah, front man true. i'm gonna be the guy who's doing this and there's enough goodwill built up with people and with audiences for yeah, ringo people will buy it yeah, yeah. And I think even now when you listen to it, it's not something I throw on every day, but it's still like, you know, I Any like day. Ringo. <laughs> I, I don't listen Most to this things. every morning when I wake up, <laughs> uh, you know, but this is not my alarm. <laughs> but, but when you do listen to it, there is something charming about, oh, it's Ringo, you know? Yeah,
1: yeah, no, it definitely does have a charming quality to it. And yeah. even hearing songs that I know from other people, like the Frank Sinatra famously made What's it called? Hurt the Ones You Love. What is it? I was quite surprised when that came on. Um, Because it's like, Ringo Ringo singing this song? Um, But it it is funny because it's like it's the the same old lonely old guy Mm -hmm. stereotype from the Beatles songs that he's sung. Like Honey Don't and Act Naturally and even What Goes On. And those kind of songs and all of a sudden he's like singing these emotional like very like lush dramatic recordings mm-hmm. and it's like it throws you for a loop but then at the same time it's it's a funny thing because it's almost still has that charming quality that a lot of the Beatles songs that he sings do
0: and you know with a little help from my friends that could so easily be a Tin Pan Alley song true that could fit that, in honestly, on I, album.
1: Could, I, I imagine that that has something to do with The the song choices here,
0: and I think his voice is really actually well suited to these songs, because if you think about like, these are not songs about dropping LSD. These are not songs about (laughs) the Vietnam War. This is not Bob Dylan Rambo, you know, kind of stuff. This is songs about heartbreak, songs about love. They're they're songs for the everyman, and I think that's something that Bob Dylan saw when he recorded all these. Um, but I think Ringo's voice being so, um, attuned to the everyman, and he has, he doesn't have a special, uh, you know, no, he doesn't have a
1: special, right. Quality. Compared, I mean, in his drumming, he does, but yeah. in his voice, no.
0: And compared to the three guys he was with, especially, I mean, yeah. Imagine um, being a
1: band with those three vocalists,
0: right? He's, he's just sort of a normal guy. And I think these are songs for normal people, you know, people on the street, working people,
1: you know. Yeah. Um, and before we go on, I just wanted to address that also yeah. Paul McCartney did, and we'll get to it, maybe, we'll get to it in mm-hmm. a few years, maybe, that he did release a solo album of jazz covers. Um, oh, did he? Yes. And it's titled Kisses on the Bottom. Oh, okay. I didn't. And on I the cover, he's holding a bouquet of roses <laughs> and he's making a oh, face <laughs> and it's called Kisses That's on the great. Bottom and it's in red print.
0: And he's going wide album cover. (laughs) What's funny is I think listeners will probably be able to imagine that voice just from the little noise he made. Yeah. (laughs) So kisses on the bottom. Kisses on the bottom. You know. Talk
1: about it in interviews, and he he, It's so funny to hear. I just
0: wanted a little kiss on the bottom, so I decided (laughs) I'd name my album "Kisses on the Bottom." (laughs) Um. So and what's interesting about this is
1: yes. <laughs> yeah, about this. <laughs> <Yes. Yeah. coughs> oh, excuse me. First
0: of all, it is just funny that we're Beatles podcasters now. I think we're kind of reaching our, our final forms yes. in many ways. We're kind yes. of self-actualizing.
1: Yes, a little ad break for you. There's no, no real ad. Just an ad on yeah. the two people recording this podcast, Kind, Jack. Um, the reason this whole idea of recording a podcast um, came up most was mm. because, um, about a year ago, um, we both, uh, are we're in college. Students. Is we're, that safe to say? Yeah. We're, yeah. we're in college. And, I'll permit uh, you that much. Should we tell? I don't know if we should say. I don't the know. name of our institution? I don't know. Who knows? Who Beautiful knows? Belmont University. We don't any, I don't Tennessee. know David Chapman's are out there. Oh yeah. That's a good point. <sighs> Reading Catcher in the Rye. Eesh. Yeah. Getting, getting some weird I ideas. just read. I'm getting on it. I'm going to get off topic. Um, but there's a there was a class offered at our institution uh, unnamed mm-hmm. institution that was titled what's so great about the beatles and it was a junior cornerstone class so it did re- it did fulfill a requirement of ours but i mean i think we would have taken it anyway but um, me and jack we we've known each other for a few years we decided to take We're the class buddies. together yeah, i think we that's can safe we can say, say that we can say yeah. that we do know each other outside of this podcast But we took this class, What's So Great About the Beatles, and we went through the entire Beatles discography in chronological order, and every week, roughly, we would have an album to listen to for a week, and then um, we would discuss it in class, and just we'd have one meeting on Tuesday nights, and it was like two hours, but me and Jack would um, get together and get dinner before class and have our own little talk about it, because yeah, a lot of practice. times, the talk in the class was like... I mean, a lot of people in the class had never heard the albums before, so it's it's not the same kind of conversations to have. Like still great conversations, but But um, we've had
0: practice is what you're yes, saying. Yes, This is and, not our first room Yes,
1: and we would would have a real good time. And honestly, those talks before class made me realize I changed a lot of my Beatles opinions. I was kind of in a state of um viewing everything with objective truths or trying to view something um especially in the Beatles is like Oh, objectively, A Day in the Life is their greatest work. Right. And it's like trying to... I, the past year, I've been really trying to get away from that and trying to own my own opinions about the Beatles and say, well, I think this is their best song. Mm-hmm. Because I personally think that Girl is the Beatles' best song. We won't go, go. F- too far into that, but that's my yeah, opinion. We'll never talk about that. We'll, this never, show, <laughs> we'll never. I'm, this I'm worried that this, the, this pop filter isn't really doing me much good. Yeah, I think you're fine. <laughs> We're um, finding our footing fe- in this episode. Because I'm laughing and I just, it's when I, I'm just I realizing dealing. when I laugh, I just blow air out of my mouth. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we're coming to a lot of profound conclusions about ourselves here. <laughs> um, on this show. Anyway,
1: so I I don't know. I think by the end of that whole semester of meeting once a week to talk about the Beatles, we were having mm-hmm. some pretty intelligent conversations.
0: We were having some really good conversations. We're very, very
1: smart. One of the we're big, very big <laughs> topics <laughs> that we had to discuss a lot was one of the assignments in our class was what would happen if you narrowed down the wide album from a double album to a single album and Which we ended we up getting all our friends involved in we will not talk about that yeah. but we talked a lot about it and jack just had some wild ass opinions yeah like I, his see? his single album his single version of the wide album is wild and i don't think many other people other than jack would have come to the conclusion that he did. I think that's probably true because I'm a, I'm a shit kicker.
0: But I realized
1: it was pretty awesome. It was just it was Jack's own style of the White Album, and it was just very much rooted in the kind of things that he likes in music. And I think that was very cool. Well, thank. You. And I think around that time, I, talking about the Beatles professionally on on mics recorded yeah. and and put up for other people to listen to came up. Yeah, and it, it ruminated for another year, and now here we are. Here in we are, October of 2023, talking about sentimental journey. Sentimental journey, and what a sentimental journey it's been to get here. Wow, uh,
0: that's what a touching tribute.
1: <laughs> um, but yeah, any of y'all seen any Beatles tribute bands? What Beatles? A Beatles tribute band? We should start one. Is that what'd you say? <laughs> No, I said any any of y'all out there ever seen oh. ever seen any? Yeah, write to I've us. I've seen a few.
0: Write to us in the comments. Yes.
1: Um, there's some good ones out there. Yeah, I I won't talk Have about you this that too much, but Instagram? I just saw Beatles tribute band in, in, in oh, Liverpool yeah. in the Cavern Club. I won't I won't go to yeah too we can't talk about that. that on this show. But I I was there and they were pretty good. Have you That's seen that awesome. guy on Instagram who like?
0: looks exactly like John Lennon. Yes.
1: Oh, my God. Like That guy. You
0: kind of think about that guy, and you're kind of like, <sighs> what do you Get a life. Yeah. You know?
1: <laughs> Your whole life is, is trying is to looking look like, like someone who's, who's dead.
0: Yeah, it's, <laughs> it is a little bit... Oh, God if, bless what, him out there. God bless him. Knock
1: on wood, what if this podcast absolutely blows up within the Beatles I, community, and I, that guy... I don't know. <laughs> that guy listens to it. God We're bless sorry. him. I think he... Hey, he... To be
0: fair, he looks, he looks a lot like John, like John Lennon. Lennon. Yeah, he does. Um, he do- he really and, does. And God bless him out there. I hope he's doing well.
1: He's got it. You know, you got the hair down. That's I think the yeah. hardest part for a lot of imitators That's to get a good down. Point. He's got the hair though.
0: So um, we talked. We talked about in general. Uh, one more thing I wanted to say about this album in general is I feel like this album, it's very show-busy. Ringo has this you know frontman swagger. Yes, that he does. I feel like. Did you see the music
1: video I sent? I did, yes. I did, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Which I want to talk about that music video because, um, I think this persona is what yeah. he's really locked into mm-hmm. in the modern, in the, like what yes, we know as no, Ringo No, That's Starr. what I
1: thought too. I saw him up on stage doing the thing, and I, this yeah. looks like the videos I see of him now. Yeah, from the, the live think clips I see present day.
0: Right now, his whole thing. Is being a showbizy, yeah, you know, hey, Cartman. I'm Ringo Starr, and all, you know, all his social media posts, yes. which we love, um, is just him being a goofball and having this, you know, kind of larger. And I think he loves the idea of Frank Sinatra and Dean Martin and all these guys, who who just charmed their way onto stage and had these bigger than life, charismatic showbiz showbizy personas, and I think that's what he's locked into now, like Ringo is sort of a brand by himself, you know what I mean? Um the uh, oh yeah, but the the music video for sentimental journey, yes. if you haven't go, seen go it go out there, go, go watch it. Too. It's it's kind of it's all, it's all right, it's kind of interesting, but <laughs> it, it's <laughs> it, shit. It's really bad. <laughs> hey, what if Ringo comes on this show? Are you prepared to say that to him?
1: Ringo? It was in 1970. Yeah, he, he But it it's funny because I don't. I don't know what it, it's. It's a. It's a video of a live performance, but it's. Mm-hmm. It's obviously not live. It's just. It's the. The. The version from the album is dubbed over a live performance, and so there. It's just kind of. It's funny because you can tell like a lot of the things he doesn't exactly get right with the lip sync. Right. I mean, that's how a lot of music videos were back then. And Almost it's very,
0: them, very show busy He's got like so this big he does, collar. He's, he, he's got a yeah, big he mic. He
1: waves his finger around sometimes. Or yeah. Something. Yeah. Maybe I'm making that up. I think fe- it's I feel got like that energy.
0: Well, I was watching that and I was thinking. Why didn't Ringo have like a talk show in the seventies and eighties? Wouldn't that have been perfect? Yeah, like Johnny he, Cash had a show, Tom yeah. Jones had a show. Yeah,
1: and then he brings on like John. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. like
0: with you. Yeah, he would have brought guest, on you know, John brought on John,
1: and he probably he would have brought on Ringo. And what if he didn't bring on Paul? I could see that, that contention see that. there for a minute. Well, I mean, oh, I, can we also talk about the fact that Ringo storms into? I mean, not storms in. Sorry comes into paul's house and then sure talk Paul about that i have that out. in my notes yeah um we'll get to that i think but the, big, the only thing i wanted Beatles to say out there, know what we're talking about
0: before that is the last thing on the ringo talk show thing he should have had a talk show yes do you remember that scene in walk hard when dewey cox like has the dewey cox show and he's doing like a funny version of of walk hard and they're interviewing mm-hmm. him yeah why didn't yeah, Ringo yeah. have that? Ringo yeah, should have had he definitely Ringo definitely sh- should have. Ringo should have had his version yes. of the Tom Jones
1: show, Yes. Sort of. And yeah, he should have had a little moment where he sends you a submarine or something.
0: Yeah, 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 exactly. And there's like a big orchestra backing him up and they're like, Pa <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, talk about the whole Paul and Ringo conflict. Yes. You alluded to it earlier. Yes.
1: <laughs> earlier 45 seconds ago
0: <laughs> also at the beginning when we were talking about paul and his oh first yeah album. i did okay but so but i think the big story
1: is that between and talking about the beginning of the beatles solo career after the beatles breakup is talking about the two that released albums first which is ringo and paul um because honestly i think for a good point in my life i did think mccartney one was the first honestly mm-hmm. up until like uh a year or two ago when i was Doing more research and had to read a whole um, biography for a whole this Beatles book. class. Yeah, six hundred page biography. Well, a whole book, and it went into it quite a bit. But that Ringo has decided to release a, a solo album, and I'm pretty sure he had the idea before the Beatles had officially even broken up. I'm not. I, don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure that he did. Um, and so to be fair, like he, I, I'm, I think he was going to do this anyway. Um, but maybe not. Maybe the, I, I imagine of course the breakup was the thing that pushed him to actually get to it. If he, if it was an idea, cause I doubt he would have really like gotten the chance to, to do this if the Beatles hadn't have broken up. And we'll get to it.
0: But I think he works, he <coughs> yeah. works in context of bands. I yes. think that's how he, he yes, thinks. he does. Yeah. But we'll get to it.
1: Yes. Um, so he, is re- planning on releasing this album in March, and then I, I don't. I, it comes out. I don't. I don't know exactly all the details. I do know the the details about him coming to Paul's house, though. Is that basically their new financial consultant, manager, person that uh, all three of the Beatles except Paul agreed to have represent them? Basically, tells John, George, and Ringo that with McCartney re- planning on releasing his for a solo album in April, it could drastically affect the sales of, like, Let It Be and the the movie and, like, throw off the entire advertisement campaign and, like, mess up all this stuff, right? Um, and so John, George, and Ringo kind of get together and, and think, okay, we got to tell Paul to to ask him to not release his solo album until after Let It Be. And the thing is, I don't think that they really cared that much, um uh, John, George, and Ringo. I don't think they really cared that much. I think they kind of just had to do it as a matter of business.
0: I think at that point, they kind of <laughs> stopped giving a
1: shit. Yeah, really. I really don't I think mean, they cared whether yeah. or not... Because they didn't care about Let It Be coming out because they didn't really even get any say in what was... They'd I'm not going to get into Let It Be, the travesty of the Let It Be album. Not on this program. So not on I mean. this program. Yeah. Um, so, but they'd all but moved on. But of course, on. who do they send over to Paul's house to, to ask him this? They don't all three go. John doesn't go. George doesn't go. They send Ringo, which I I feel like is is part of the plan. They're like send send, send the, the lovable line. right exactly. And the so Ringo goes over there can't to, to be the at. messenger and says and ask him. And Paul gets furious. Which I don't know. I kind of understand both sides of the story. Mm-hmm. The thing is, not only does Paul have the, the, every right to release what he wants, mm-hmm. but Ringo had already released an, an album at this point. He right. was releasing his solo album. Right, right, that's a good point. Um, and so whether or not he had the idea to do this before the breakup, he still released a solo album, which just also makes it even more hypocritical that Ringo's the one sent over rather than John or George.
0: And I could see Paul being like, I didn't even fucking want the band to end. Yes, now you're telling yeah. me I can't put no. out my own songs? Yes, yeah. Paul
1: cries the whole way home after John announces he wants a divorce. And yeah. he's it's really, it, it is like post- like. A divorce, mm-hmm. post a, a marriage breaking up. And they're sending the and, cute little And honestly, child. I think Paul's just, he's real butthurt. And I don't think, honestly, if Paul wasn't so sad and butthurt that he would have even, we'll get to this in the next episode, that he would have even released McCartney 1 so fast. But I yeah. think he needed something to put his heart into a little bit. And, and I don't think... Put it out there.
0: You know, they all did. And I think... Ringo, we talked about it, but I think Ringo needed these old songs mm-hmm. to be a sound. Yeah,
1: they all needed something.
0: Um, and with that, something reference. Um, we're not going to talk about that. On this no, show. we're not. I don't know what that is. But anyway,
1: so then Paul is is pissed and he he storms Ringo out. He says, "Get out of my house!" and he yells him out. And Ringo has to leave. And, and Paul never, releases the album anyway, which kind of badass. They never made up since. <laughs> They're still on bad terms. They're nah. still bringing up. <laughs> yeah,
0: no, I, I do. It's funny you listen to like interviews with Ringo now, and he always he's like, "Yeah, Paul and I were just on FaceTime, and now and now I'm here." You know, he's always talking about FaceTiming Paul. Um, do you want to go? Just talk about these songs a little bit. Yeah, let's, uh, talk, let's talk about the songs. Um, let's talk
1: about "Sentimental Journey," and it says we we got to leave by seven. Doesn't it say that over and over again. Seven.
0: That's that's the uh, that's the time we <laughs> need You can tell how many times we've seven. listened. to Seven. Well, okay. Do talk about listening to this album yes. earlier today because yes. we were talking okay, about Okay.
1: So, this. Um, I am, as I mentioned earlier in this podcast, am one of the biggest Beatles fans there is. But even I, as one of the biggest Beatles fans there is, have never listened to Cinematal Journey* all the way through. Barely knew of its distance up until a few years ago. Jack just touched my foot again. We keep touching <laughs> Gotta wear shoes on your foot. <laughs> um, it's a Beatles joke. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, uh, with the whole arguing about whether or not we were gonna even cover this album, I still restrained from listening to it. Up until today, the day we planned mm-hmm. to record this podcast earlier at a coffee shop studying for a test and decided to go ahead and put this song on in my AirPods. Um, and I listened to it all the way through in one sitting, um, and then started to listen to a few songs again right after. So I've only listened to this album one time, but what was, where were you? What was your environment while you were watching? Um, I um, was in a place in Nashville. I feel like this is okay to discuss. we'll, we'll, we'll decide later. <laughs> go Called ahead. Eighth and Roast. Um, you were at a coffee shop. I, was a, I take that back. I take that back. I was at a coffee shop. I'd gotten a flat white with oat milk and a banana muffin. And, and it was quite
0: good. the <laughs> only reason I, I was pimping you into saying that is I, I do think that's kind of the ideal way to listen to this album. Yes. This is I a coffee shop. I
1: album. don't want to, I don't really want to buy this album on vinyl to have. Right. To and you're not going to listen to it. living right. by myself with nothing else going on.
0: But if you're doing work at a coffee shop, it's a nice day outside. You want to hear the sweet, dulcet tones of Ringo.
1: And let's just say I was at a coffee shop. I was doing work. And later that day, I had to record a podcast over this album. Um, Yeah, that's a good point. And I needed to listen to that album before I recorded the podcast. Then, yeah, sure, I would listen to it. And I did. Right, right. I did listen to it.
0: If you had to listen to it, you would listen to it.
1: If someone someone was forcing me to listen (laughs) to it. To record a podcast over it, then but I, I think I to coffee
0: shop. I think this is, but anyway, let's let's talk about <laughs> sentimental journey. The song, I'm so excited um, that it's a
1: McCartney one, gosh.
0: <laughs> although, so I, although I don't think we need to be as song by song with this album no. because there are, a lot of it is similar, but sentimental journey, I think it's significant because it's the title track. We already talked about you know, Ringo's taking this sentimental journey by singing these songs, getting away from all this Beatles. Mania, mania if you will. Um, all this studio wizardry, all this intense, complicated stuff that they did. Mm-hmm. Um and I but think even
1: saying that, Sentimental Journey does have that vocoder moment. I was gonna I was gonna mention that. <laughs> it's that's, like, that's weird. Even yeah the Beatles never it did is. that.
0: And it almost makes you think like, is that something that they so added in there so that it could sell, so probably, that it would kind of so that it's yeah. a
1: little Beatles and and just that it's experimental
0: because it's the one moment at all, yes, like in the entire this, album, that's yeah.
1: a little that makes your head turn a little bit
0: that's even a little bit outside of the genre. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was actually it's cool though, it I, is cool. cool, and I actually I didn't know what to call that because I think this is another thing, I think
1: thing. it's a vocoder. I mean, I know that that's I don't. I did those exist in 1970? I think it's I just that call thing where it, you have a tube in your mouth, I think. Right, right.
0: I just call it the Mr. Blue Sky uh, yeah, thing, because yeah. that's what I heard it from.
1: Here's a here's a hot take, Yeah, and I'll be quick I I know what you're going to say. I've I'd be okay if I never heard Blue, Mr. Blue Sky ever again in my life. In my life, Beatles reference. I
0: probably agree with you. I don't um, know. I don't care good, about that song. It's a well-made yeah. song.
1: It's great. It's catchy. Um, I've heard it. Way too many times. Yeah, that's probably true. Um, thank you, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two, for doing that. Oh yeah, for true. making everyone obsessed with that song um, and playing it relentlessly. Is that what that was in? Yeah. Okay. The beginning of that movie. Okay. Yeah. Um. But I'm, yeah. I would be okay if I never heard that goddamn song ever again in my life. Um. Anyway, go on.
0: <laughs> I I don't care to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> um.
1: Frankly, I wish you had never said that. <laughs>
0: Frankly, you kind you just, of disrupted the whole flow wait. of this show, um, by talking about shit nobody cares about.
1: No one cares about that.
0: Let's get back to uh, "Sentimental Journey" the thing people are get really get that Beatles them. reference. Um, I don't know what that is. So, okay, "Sentimental Journey." Here's the other thing with the vocoder. I think, um, well, anyway, let the <laughs> <laughs> sorry, um, the cover. Let's talk about the cover. That yes. that is a pub. Um, is it not? It's called.
1: Yes. And I looked it up, and it now it. it's painted with all those psychedelic Beatlesy paintings. Of course, is it really? Yes. Which is kind of funny because because it doesn't really have that much significance,
0: right? And it is, I'm sure Ringo picked and, this because. And
1: I went to all the Beatles landmarks. I was going to bring this up. Did I go to this? No.
0: I was going to make did that not. joke. I, I was going to say <laughs> you went to Penny Lane. Did you visit the Empress Pub?
1: Wait. Okay, it is in London, right? It has it's
0: to be. um in Liverpool. Whoa! Think, yeah. Okay, and I fine. was I was gonna make that joke. I was gonna say you should have visited did I, there.
1: Did I go here? the pictures. Here's what I'll
0: say though. I think you know. i might have seen it. Ringo probably chose this building because it's a place he went to a lot when he was a young
1: man. All this stuff yeah, him is guy. him
0: going back to. Being a young person before yeah. his life blew up. Yeah. You know
1: the Beatles changed everyone's lives. And it's it's his. ironic oh, that I... you
0: say it's painted with all this Beatles stuff because yeah. it, it seems like that's why he picked it. Because it was so non Beatles. This yes, is him when he was a true. kid. That's true. So that's kind of funny. I didn't know that. Um Night and Day is the next song. Do you have anything to say about Night and Day?
1: Um No. And honestly, I don't have much to say about a lot of them. They kind of just drifted yeah. in and out. I wasn't even really paying attention to when the tracks changed.
0: I'm going to stick up for Night and Day. I like Night okay. and Day because um, with a lot of these, I it's not my favorite album ever. I think it's fine and charming, and I'm not going to listen to it all the time, but you know, it's Ringo singing these songs, and I think that's charming in itself. But Night and Day, a lot of these songs, the horn arrangements are so in-your-face. The old timiness of it is mm-hmm. so kind of obvious and a little bit obnoxious sometimes. It, it's, um, I
1: will say it's it's fresh on the ears to hear that same exact kind of arrangement and mm-hmm. old timey style from the fifties and forties, right? In a new sonic light, like in nineteen seventy, like um, era of recording, because it does just sound really. It sounds good, but the
0: thing is, like, and I I, I don't mind this album, but I think when you look at other people, like when you look at Harry Nilsson's album of standards, when you look at Bob Dylan's stuff, and and once we get to Paul's, you know, the instrumentation there is so kind of light and sparing and really interested in the space. Um, and I mean, you know, the most famous recording of Stardust is probably, you know, Willie Nelson's version, which is very ethereal and light. And this album is so show busy, so focused on the performance, I think. Yes. That it can get a little bit obvious, a little obnoxious, maybe. Yeah. But night and day, I think, is an an example of something that is um, as gentle, not as gentle, but as subtle as this kind of thing can be. A Ringo standards album. Yeah. Um, I think Ringo has a very charming vocal performance on the song, and I uh, I think. That sax solo in the middle is actually pretty cool. I think it's a pretty impressive sax solo. I don't know who plays on it. I looked it up, um, yeah. but it was nobody really,
1: I nobody I was The biggest thing to point out about the thing that, the saving grace of this album, I think the thing that even makes it, like, still a notable Beatles release. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, that sounds mean. But it's the fact that the Beatles producer... Is, that's true. is still behind the, the wheel on this, which is rare. And that's mm-hmm. the only... that is the, Yeah, the, the, it's the only Beatles album. Is it really? Um, only solo Beatles album um, up until... I? Correct me if I'm wrong, hardcore Beatles fans out there, but I'm pretty sure it's the only one up until 1982. Wrong. Really? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> until
0: tug of war. Oh, really? Um, okay.
1: Which, man, when we get to that in a yeah. long time...
0: Yeah, oh, we'll get to it.
1: <laughs> but... George Martin is producing this album, Mm -hmm. and he's done all the arrangements for it. Well,
0: actually, not all the arrangements. All the arrangements, and I think well,
1: the orchestration. I mean, right, 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 right. Yeah, that's the wrong word. He's done the orchestration, but But the arrangements already.
0: That speaks to to something about Ringo, which is everybody loves the guy. He's he was the one who was sent over to Paul's house because everybody loves him. (laughs) Um, and Surely I think Paul won't yell. That. Right. But I think it really does speak to everybody loves Ringo. George Martin's like, great. I'd love yeah. to do this album. He gets and all these big name arrangers. Paul is an arranger for one of these songs. <laughs> oh, he arranges really? Stardust actually. Oh, that's, awesome. um, Quincy Jones is a, is an arranger on this. And I think the thing that Ringo gets known for throughout his career is being a guy who's on other people's albums a guy who hangs out with, you know, other people. He puts together his all-star band, which is all these famous musicians coming Mm -hmm. together. Joe Walsh, Levon Helm. Um, He's kind of known for being like a buddy and a friend. Yeah, he is. And I think he's kind of, we talked about him cashing his fame check on this album. I think he's cashing a lot of checks. With everyone. With him just being like a nice, fun guy to be around. I honestly think the
1: fact that George Martin agreed to do this um, because I remember reading a quote from George Martin where he like Ringo asked him mm-hmm. straight up front if he would do this for him and that um, not that George Martin felt necessarily guilt like a reason to do it like with guilt, but I think kind of felt like if anyone needed to be helped out a little bit with starting up their right. career. It's Ringo. And, and I that, think there's a guilt that goes back all the way to 1962, if you remember mm. when Ringo was first brought in with Love Me Do, that George Martin still hired a session player and made Ringo oh, play really? Maracas. I, I forgot San about Marine that. Or or something. And so there was always like a little bit of like Ringo kind of... Yeah. <laughs> not resented George Martin, but I think ever since that moment... He owed him one. Yeah, he did kind of owe him um, he Just made him look
0: like a fool. And it's funny because, you know... Ringo has all these friends. I'm going to read to you uh, a few of these significant arrangers on this album. Um, you've got on I'm a Fool to Care, you've got Klaus Vorman uh, arranges, who's going to come up a lot on this show. Oh, yeah. Um, Paul McCartney does Stardust. What? Uh, yeah. um, who, uh, who, who? I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right. Uh,
1: p- p- McChumley. Um, M- 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 um, Maka, you might know him by. Maka. Um, <laughs> the great artist behind kisses yeah. on the bottom. <laughs> Ooh.
0: Ooh. Um Quincy Jones, George Martin, Maurice Gibb from the fucking Bee Gees did Bye Bye Damn, Blackbird. That's random. Also, yeah.
1: yeah, does Bye bye Blackbird does that secretly mean bye bye Beatles?
0: Let's talk about Bye bye Blackbird because I've got nothing to say about it.. Honestly that's grass. the
1: one that starts with Banjo, right? Yeah, that yeah. one's kind of fun that one's pretty cool. It was yeah. groovy yeah. I remember when that one came on, I did go, oh, this is this is a nice break from the luscious, huge, dramatic right. arrangements.
0: And it kind of makes you think of the skiffle yeah, stuff that they does. were listening to when they were young kids. Yeah. I like um, the groove. Yeah, yeah, that one's, that one's pretty fun. And then, yeah, like you say, Bye Bye Blackbird. Obviously, it's a song before this, um, but yeah, we need does to talk that have significance? About,
1: uh, we need to talk about Blue Turning Gray Over You. Blue Turning Gray Over You, yeah. <laughs> because um, a first time ever probably... Um, that, a, that a member of the Beatles did scat.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. He has a moment at the Who end when I'm he's like, skip something. up,
1: up, up, do da And then he says, oh, something like, hit me, daddy? Um, yeah, he does say hit yeah. me, daddy, but then at the end, he, he goes like, bless me, children, or something. Oh, yeah. He's
0: having fun. He's yeah, having fun on this he, one.
1: Yeah, it's it's almost like he's admitting that maybe he went a little too far, but you know what? They're going to leave it in. You know? Um. Scroll to the end of these lyrics. And then, yeah, he says, I just lost myself there, child. Ha, ha, yeah. ha.
0: Yeah, he's having fun. And I think that's the same on Stardust. I don't have anything to say about I'm a fool to care" to you. No. Okay, well. I do s- find it interesting that on the yeah.
1: lyrics of Blue, Turn, and Gray Over You on Spotify that they went ahead and notated every scat syllable. That is funny. So they have on that. sa, 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 so, 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 so. Ba, sa, 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 dootsy, dootsy, do.
0: Dootsie dootsie do. Sorry, I just hit the mic. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Stardust, I I it might be my favorite on the album, to be honest.
1: Yeah, I'll be honest. I don't even remember. Well, it's I remember it's, what it's good. Listen to like.
0: it again because that's the one Paul arranges. Um, but yeah, I think that that, that one is also not as in your face. Whispering Grass is one that's just like I, so. I do. Yeah, I do remember that one in your face. Um, but Stardust, it's very lush. I think it complements his voice pretty well. And then, yeah, there's a drum break in the middle of it where it's just
1: like, pop, pop, pop,
0: pop, pop. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he's he's loving it. He goes, ah, hit me or yeah, something. Yeah, he does. Yeah. And,
1: and that's the one of the, there's a few drum breaks in here. I think we should also talk about this. Mm-hmm. Where there's a few drum breaks in here that right from the get-go, I, I was like, wait, this isn't Ringo. Right. I could tell. And I looked it up just to make sure. And it's like, no, these are session musicians. And I thought, well, I thought at least he would play drums. He's just singing. That's what's a, another yeah. huge thing to talk about with this album the most famous drummer of all time probably mm-hmm. even in 1970 like even back then yeah the most famous drummer of all time is choosing not to drum on his debut solo album
0: i think he is trying to reinvent himself as this show busy <clears throat> yeah guy who is, honestly yeah. he still is i think he that worked yeah. and i think that's what he yeah. is now
1: and yeah yeah and, and the funny thing is he's even he's drumming on tracks on all things must pass in the same all year. things must pass he's, he's drumming on plastic a, ono band
0: yeah. i mean he he's still involved with those albums um and i think he gets called in a lot for that kind of thing um he plays on like tom petty albums and stuff like that he and bob dylan tried to do something at one point but like i think he kind of has two modes that he exists in one as sort of almost a session type drummer where he is part of a band he's a drummer he is serving somebody else um the other mode is this show busy stage i'm ringo star peace and love you know persona um and i think those are the two modes he operates in recently i think he's more into his whole kind of brand yes. the peace it's and definitely love thing. Yeah,
1: it's just become a a wild never-ending rabbit hole of and brand I think was it
0: today that his new EP released or was it was it it was recently it was recently we'll it's, get to it, it there's so- <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to it um oh, wait, love wait, is a wait, many splendid thing do you have wait, anything to say about no, that no it came out on Friday came Re- out on Friday it's called rewind, rewind forward. forward yeah yeah
1: I we'll I did want it. to talk about um on cineminal journey that the the finale song the way that the that it ends is is Let quite. Let the rest of the Beatles-y, world go by. I would say, is yes. The way that it's it's so dramatic and lush that it, it does feel, almost Sergeant Pepper's esque, mm-hmm. or even Abbey Road medley esque, where it does feel like he's, kind of been inspired by. It. That's you know, if that's he, true. If doesn't know anything. He knows how his mates kind of wanted to end their albums.
0: And I think, like, as much as this album is him trying to get away from that and him trying to go to these old songs, at a certain point, he's so entrenched in Beatles that he
1: almost... He can't get away from wanting to end the album that way.
0: I think there are things like that that he just doesn't know what else to do. Like, this is how you make an album, right? You have these huge arrangements. This is how the best
1: band in the world made albums for seven and a half years and so not only that how but how
0: he did it right i mean he knows this is what he knows this is how you end an album you have all these you know huge orchestras you have all this stuff going on i think he's just used to that and as much as he wants to get back to basics <clears throat> he can't all the way yes um do you have anything to say about love is a mini splendor thing i like that one
1: eh, yeah it was fine
0: blue turning gray over you we talked about it yeah I'd i like the think scatting that that probably, that's a little bit in your face it is but yeah. i kind of like you like it, liked it? it yeah quite humorous yeah it is it's Ring fun
1: that might be my favorite honestly
0: uh dream do you have anything to say about dream
1: i see the thing is i don't remember anything specific about any of these other they really
0: do blend together they do um
1: and and not in the way that you necessarily want albums to blend together either right i'll, I'll say that it's just kind of like oh you know, what is this
0: yeah, and nice. I think you know, we've t- <laughs> Damn.
1: <laughs> no, okay, I'm sorry. Luscious pretty <laughs>
0: Right, yeah, that's true. I'll I'll give you that. Um, the only specific thing I wanted to say is you always heard the one you love. That one's probably yes. my yeah. least favorite.
1: We did yeah, we did need to talk about that. <laughs> what do you think of that one? Frank Sinatra one? classic. Um, I'll say that I feel like I've heard that song quite a bit, the Sinatra version, quite a bit lately. In terms of, I've been trying to get more into Old Frank. I mean, that's old one of my Blue favorites, Eyes. and I'm pretty sure it's in. Uh, I think it's in When Harry Met Sally, oh, which I is my favorite it. movie of all time. I gotta see it. Um, so when that song came on, I gotta check that. I gotta fact check myself. I'm gonna be upset if I if I don't know that.
0: Well, if you are, I'm gonna give you a spanking <laughs> on the next episode
1: <laughs> on live recording. <laughs> <Yeah>. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, yeah, I was quite I was I was shocked when that came up because I was like really? It's my least favorite on the album You chose a, a Frank Sinatra classic
0: to do Well honestly these are all kind of
1: Yeah like I know Frank they Sinatra are.
0: classics yeah, in though. some way. But but I, I, I hear what you're saying. I the thing is for me, it's so fucking like almost obnoxious the way it's kind of winking at you. I think when classic artists play these songs i think it works best for me when they're doing it really earnestly and they're Mm -hmm. trying like you know not to keep going back to bob dylan but he did fucking three albums of these you know and i think he's very earnest about it yeah um and i think ringo kind of half is and half isn't and i think that's part of the charm of this album is the winkingness but this one is so kind of jokey and insincere it seems they there's a quote of some song of like it almost feels like a jingle bells like da 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 at in every christmas song there's some kind of quote of some yeah, yeah. i don't remember what song it is but I mean, it just we, made me go jesus yeah, before we man. go on too much I, yeah.
1: I, I i did check myself and it's not on the one okay me. so just had to save myself from that so the next episode.
0: i don't think that's gonna save you <laughs> i think you just no i yourself. saved it
1: it was a two-minute rule 2 minute rule. Fair enough. When the when Harry met Sally, the complete soundtrack on Spotify is not it's not on there. I don't know why I thought of it. They're, I mean, there Frank Sinatra is on that soundtrack, but not that song.
0: Have I told you lately that I love you? <laughs> what do you think of that one? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I don't really know. I <laughs> Honestly, we've kind of talked about everything. I I
1: made notes of. Yeah, um, here's the thing. Um yeah, we're we're, we're drawn in on an hour. Really? So, wow. Yeah. And just so, I want to leave the listeners with the fact that the idea of this first episode um, Well, was, before we get to that. Okay. What are your
0: final thoughts on the album? Give me your your My final thoughts, grand thoughts on the album.
1: I will say that it was not as much of a disappointment as I thought it would be. It wasn't terrible. Yeah. Um, I didn't dislike it. It was just on mm-hmm. was I waiting for it to be over so that I could play something else? Yes, I was. Um, so it's boring. Um, Rangel's performance, honestly, pretty good. He he yeah. does a pretty good job of being a vocalist. I never noticed that he was, you know, doing, pronouncing anything weird or was out of tune or anything. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, if he did sing out of tune, then everyone would stand up and walk out on him. So I uh, didn't do that. I don't know what that means.
0: I, I agree. I, I mean, I think I like it. More than you do, probably. Although I'm not, I I don't know. I think we're we're actually kind of on the same boat about this one. It's not it's not mind blowing, but it's it's charming. It's Ringo singing charming songs. Uh, Why why are you gonna be upset about this? I don't know. It's it's why be upset about
1: it? (laughs) Yeah, you know. I'm not upset about it. I was upset at the fact that I I personally wanted to start this podcast
0: by talking about McCartney one. No, and I think I think you and I actually have very similar thoughts on this album. I think we're kind of in the same boat on this. On sentimental journey or McCartney One? Uh, sentimental journey.
1: <laughs> okay, yeah.
0: Yeah, I think yeah, it's a charming album. Um, it's a weird one to be the first solo Beatles album. It is. It's weird, um, and I
1: but it it did let us start this podcast off uh, a little a little more rowdy. Yeah, um, get the chance to explain who we are and what we're coming from. Because yeah. honestly, in future podcasts. We don't have time for that. We got too it's many. St- we got fucking too many albums. We don't have time to bullshit. And honestly, all things must pass is going to be at least a two part, maybe a three. Wow, because it's a triple album. I mean, That's we got true. a lot of oh, man. Oh, I, anyway, but we I just don't have time. So we got we we got, we we got that out of the way. And I think this with one's this
0: important. Shitter, because I have. Well, okay, it's not a shitter.
1: <laughs> okay, it's not a shitter. There's more stuff out there. <laughs> it's a charming. That's true. It's a charming it's LP. Yeah, the but orchestration, the arrangements are good.
0: I think, and it's important <laughs> that we talked about this, just because it is the first one. I think it's yeah, in the spirit and, and, of this and there's
1: a, yeah, the lore that fucking ball yeah. threw him out of his house over this, not this, but yeah, you know, the the whole solo album catastrophe, anyway.
0: And let's be honest. I mean, we have to set up one of the two surviving people, That's right? True. That's true. Like he is, yeah, of, he is a major figure of of this of this uh, thing. Yeah, this so um, thing. Um, he is important and this is his first, you know, album. So I'm I'm glad we talked about it. Uh do you have any parting words
1: um other than stay tuned for the next episode of All Pods Must Cast. We are getting into my beloved uh, one of my favorite solo Beatles albums. Yeah, Crazy I'm excited. It is, but it it is. It's up there for me. Uh, it's McCartney one. So look out for know, that next time um for Junk and Maybe I'm Amazed. But there's also some other b-side bangers on that record we're gonna talk all about it yeah and i'm gonna be a little bit more professional and i'm gonna have notes and i will have listened to it quite a few times i mean i've I've listened to that album hundreds of times mm-hmm. well maybe okay well that's we'll get little, to it that's we'll an exaggeration but i've listened to that album a lot and i'm gonna listen to it a lot more i'm excited to talk about it have my research and notes prepared and we're gonna go hard
0: yeah um what, what's our sign off for this for this should we should have like a beatlesy thing like and until next time, um, yeah. What's the thing they do at the end of Yellow submarine? Like, uh, no, we can't do that. That's a Beatles <laughs> song. We have to do like, oh, yeah. uh, uh, like,
1: don't let it down. I don't know. I don't need no wawa. Until next time. Until next time, I don't need no wawa.
0: <laughs> until that's good for that's good enough for now. <laughs> Goodbye, wawa.